0: It's bad
1: and bo- <laughs> welcome to the Bad and Bitchy podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Erica.
2: And I'm Amy. Amy,
1: welcome back.
0: Oh, I thank you. We missed Good you last week. We did miss you. I missed you. Um,
1: <laughs> although, it did allow us to like. Have some fun with uh the Wait. selfie stick and our camera, <laughs> and uh looks <just> like we <laughs> were just like Amy would not allow this this to happen nope
2: I mean the word selfie stick alone made me shudder so. <laughs> I mean I
1: am ashamed to say it also, but uh here we are, they
2: look great. you got the angles right So that's what most definitely I think I think
1: Erica did her hair,
0: I was. Baked in blackness today. I'm so excited. I'm still on a high. It's great. Okay. So Ottawa had like a weekend of blackness. Okay. So on Friday, it was the Justice for Abdirman Abdi. Um, vigil. Vigil. Thank you. And se- yesterday and today was the Black Can- the National Black Canadian Summit. So you had like 1,200 black people descend on Ottawa. Ottawa police probably didn't know what to do. They were probably like, how many of them should we kill this weekend? I don't know. And then they're like, oops, there's a trial on on Monday. Maybe we'll just hold off until next month. <laughs> anyway, so and then tomorrow, <laughs> I know I can see you two shaking your head at me. I'm
2: not disagreeing.
0: I know. No, you wouldn't. We're not disagreeing. <laughs> I and then, and then on, see how emboldened I feel, and <laughs> and then tomorrow is the um, the Fe- uh, Department of Heritage, or is it still Department of Heritage? Mm-hmm. Um, they hold a, a Black History Month reception with usually the first Monday of every February at night. Don't ask me why it's on a Monday. I have thoughts about that but i'm just going to bathe in positivity right now before i start ranting okay oh and on monday the abdirban abdi trial starts or no sorry technically the montsion trial starts right yeah um happy black history month Woo!
1: (laughs) (laughs) i am looking forward to you regaling us with stories every week for the rest of the month
0: (laughs) no pressure Oh, but what I am okay. So every year I like on Facebook I'll do like a, a Black History Month like factoid every day during the like month of February. This is probably the third or fourth year I'm doing it, mm-hmm. and but this year I'm going to do it on Instagram and at Not in My Color, so on my Not in My Color page, and I'll just do it in Instagram stories. So at Not in My Color with a U. And I have to put a next one up as we speak. So while you guys are speaking, I'll put up the next one. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you're giving us your undivided attention. (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) blackness calls. (laughs) Hashtag priorities. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. I feel no way. (laughs) You know this.
1: So uh, let's get into it. Uh, This week in feminism, we are talking about how... It's just been over two years six, since Alexandra Bissonnette entered a mosque in Quebec City and killed six men and, and injured many others, and despite the fact that Bissonnette pleaded guilty to several counts of murder and attempted murder, and will likely be sen- sentenced next month, the whole situation feels a bit, I don't un- unresolved, perhaps, um, and this could be for a number of reasons. So first, some victims have only recent re- recently received compensation from the. Provincial Board of uh, Victim Compensation. Um, The Quebec Gun Registry um, that just finished taking applications will still have the same gaps that allowed Bissonnette to obtain a gun in the first place. And these issues will persist at the federal level too as the liberals seek to update gun ownership regulations. Hint, hint, election year. Um, Also, minority communities in Canada are increasingly targets of hate. Um, Eric and I spoke about the Sons of Odin last week in Edmonton, and uh, we're seeing the rise of the yellow vests in Canada. And uh, there's still no definitive way to patrol online hate and radicalization, despite the attempts of the liberal government to study this. So... I think it's safe to say that none of us are particularly big advocates of putting a person in prison forever and locking them up, throwing away the key. And I think that this Bissonnette situation is interesting because so often in these mass murders um, and in terrorism, we, the person very likely will kill themselves. And we saw that um, in Toronto. We've seen that in other, in Las Vegas. Um, And so we don't always get kind of the same closure, quote-unquote closure that we could be getting here with, you know, B. Sinek going to trial and very likely going to prison since he has pleaded guilty. So I think that there are a lot of people who are like, well, you know, the system worked. Yay. He's going to prison. The end. But I also think this is a, a good way to show how the criminal justice system doesn't necessarily serve the people it's meant to serve and that it also requires a lot of healing within the community. Um, And so I just kind of wanted to start with that kind of discussion about how so much more needs to be done um, with the community um, in Quebec City itself.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, it is frustrating because you also had, like, the premier coming out and saying that there isn't an issue of Islamophobia in Quebec, um, which were, like, more or less his exact words. Um... And what's in response to like calls from Muslims across the country, including the national um, uh, Canadian. um, uh, They changed their name, but the NCCM essentially called for um, a day of visuals, uh, a visual and like a a commemorative day that would like be, you know, honored year in and year out, um, an anti-Islamophobia day. Um, and also kind of reflecting as well, you know, in the way that we have a Holocaust Memorial Day um, and kind of looking at, you know, other ways that this sort of like systemic racism exists. Um, and and you have the premier completely just flat out denying that there is such a s- systemic problem, um, which is like just hilarious to be the premier of Quebec saying that on the eve of such a big, um, you know, uh, like a terrorist event of that kind it doesn't it's not it doesn't happen in isolation like you don't have someone committing such a heinous act without it being the product of a culture um and being enabled and being emboldened enough to like you know have those thoughts and even if it is not um, even if you were to believe what the premier says that it's not endemic of of a wider cultural problem, it is still something that happens, um, and it's something that did happen, and and is like still very sorely felt, um, and the wounds are still very fresh for a lot of people. Um, you know, all the survivors of that shooting, uh, you know, on, you know, as you say, only just got compensation. Um, you know, that as a country, we've been like really reluctant to support them. Um, you know, the like. Like, it's so funny you know like the amount of, of fundraising that happens for so many other survivors of of other events and yet the survivors of uh, you know the victims of the mosque shooting saw very little by way of of, of fundraising in support of um, you know just even around the funerals and around like um, you know support for the families of, of the men who pa- passed and and were, were killed and it's just wild like how people have really disconnected um you know like this event and treating it as a one-off I think you really have to kind of go out of your way to to treat it as it's kind of acting in isolation but
0: oh but they do yeah oh but the the contortions that people make just to make it an isolated incident and not a part of really the way a they're raising their children be the community around them is supporting this type of language we just had a Gatno counselor just this week mm-hmm. talking about i don't know about those muslims or mm. whatever i i know those are not the exact
2: words but it's yeah. this it's the it's the and a beautiful response from the mayor kind of calling out that counselor yeah Gatineau, yeah yeah i had not really been aware of it i'm like oh she seems kind of cool
0: yeah so i i think that there there's be- this belief system is buttressed by um the larger society and probably in in terms of family there's always somebody in your family who is like questionable at best um but it's 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 also an example of how silence does perpetuate violence mm-hmm. and the idea that um that tragedy is not as valued as the Humboldt tragedy Mm -hmm. is a huge message that I know I got. Mm -hmm. And so I can only imagine that message that's being sent through to, um, to kids of every color Mm -hmm. that the massacre, and it was a massacre. The Humboldt tragedy was a tragedy. Um, It's a kind of thing where it was an accident I'm sorry, it happened. Mm-hmm. Was there negligence? Yes, I do believe there was negligence, yeah. but it's different from having a gunman,
2: yeah,
0: like preconceive, mm-hmm. like have this idea form in his head, mm-hmm. plan for it, mm-hmm. go out and commit it, mm-hmm. and then be meh about it after, and to have a, a news media that that supports that silence is just gross. Mm -hmm. It is just so inhumane. I just
2: even like the airtime that um, the parents and and folks who spoke at the sentencing uh, and gave their victim impact statements has been um, just, just receiving just such a, a wild amount of coverage more than you would expect for, for uh, any sort of like situation and like again super tragic small community like hit pretty hard by these losses but you also have a court system that's allowing people to use victim impact statements in a way that is beyond the limits of the law to like speak in terms that are um, like very vindictive around the the accused um, or now the the convicted um, bus driver for his negligence um, and speaking like in just in, in ways that I, frankly like yeah are outside the bounds of like what the law around for victim statements because it's become such a spectacle mm-hmm. and we allow people like that to like white folks to grieve in this way where we haven't like I don't think one most people could not name any of the men who died in the Quebec mosque shooting who were murdered um, most like we have not we've heard if you if you go out of your way to read articles from their survivors and the widows like you will hear their stories of of the the nightmares that they have the ptsd the the trauma that they're continuing to experience but you don't see it on the news and you don't we don't we don't have a we don't have faces for those survivors and like there are a lot of people in quebec city who are doing work around trying like around there commemorating there but it's it's activists and it's people kind of working against the grain and what's frustrating is when the premier says you know Quebec is not doesn't have a problem with Islamophobia. I think it's partly to distance themselves from any sort of culpability around actual policies like you know the ban on religious garb uh, I, for public servants and workers. Yes. Right. So it's it's really just a way to distance themselves from.
1: Yeah, and then you've got like you know uh, media outlets saying, "Oh well, you know, should we ever forgive the bus driver?" <laughs> well, yeah, it was you know. People literally make mistakes. It's not like he did he, it maliciously. He
2: passes past a stop sign. he is not a, like a monster. You yeah, doing it with in- intention. Yeah, uh, which is the whole point of what like that's the definition of negligence. <laughs> but,
1: exactly, and that that goes back to like my initial point was that like the community needs to heal, and like yes, absolutely, the humble f- people need to heal, but like to villainize that guy mm-hmm. who was of color Mm -hmm. i was about to say isn't a way to heal that is a way to like be angry and to like point fingers and And, there
2: are some sympathetic people in their victim impact statements have said some like free like have shown forgiveness and and um compassion uh to him as well and you can see like how painful it is for him he seems like very tortured by it and like there are ways to heal but like You know, I think we're feed like the media is also feeding the flame of the other side of it, where people are yeah vilifying him to this degree. But your point earlier to you about the justice system like made me think to you about like just how flawed our whole um, system of like well, I mean not like this not the first time I thought our system of justice was flawed, but like (laughs) um, like in another sense, um, the fact that you have these trials for very like such specific terms and really it's just about you know the state and the accused. Um, And not one, not about victims, and we we hear that a lot, but but also not the state on trial for uh, allowing certain things to happen or creating the circumstances. Or at least there is no, um, you know, at least in the human rights law realm, there is a sense that like, you know, you can get um, remedies that look at systemic barriers And look at revising policies or changing structures um, to like to prevent and and it's really less of a punitive model and more of a model of like creating um, sort of preventative measures going forward and, and like more of a purposive approach of like what, you know, how do we make human rights like real um going forward based on what we've like learned from this case i mean that's the ethos behind human rights law um it doesn't always work and it's far from perfect but we don't have that in the criminal justice system it and i think that like it really harms us when we when we center it on individuals and make it about um like being punitive uh, like a punitive attitude and and it's also like not effective um in terms of it like even the idea that cr- the criminal justice system is meant to deter people, um, which is I think an antiquated idea, and it's n- n- like n- prove like been proved not to be effective deterrent to sentence people harshly. But beyond that, like what is deterrence? It's it's creating a, a, a you know the circumstances so that the system what happened doesn't repeat itself. And so why couldn't a court, for example, in sentencing someone also look at the other things that contributed and make orders and demands of a government institutions or government actors like police or whoever else um, in terms of like, you know, policing hates because what we learned in this trial is uh, this person was clearly radicalized online and like doing all sorts of like, and, and like getting information from, you know, falsified news information from certain like from certain spaces that we now know. And why couldn't a court order say, like, based on what we've learned from this, you know, these are the departments of this like in Quebec or here are police departments and what they can do to enforce against like the hate speech in those places to prevent that from happening. And now like instead, what we do now is like someone has to go initiate a whole new proceeding or some sort of political action to make change in that sense. And we just kind of like lost this opportunity and this like platform of like a court hearing to to maybe have even decided some of those things. It's just so piecemeal, and it like is really um, fractured. And it's not. It, it, it's again, it's it almost defeats the purpose of why. Like what like what is this exercise for? Because um, I think yeah, you have to move away from just the idea of punishment alone.
0: Well, I just wonder what what our law enforcement and um etc. I mean we have bill C51 now why, why is that how much is that being used to identify and to um i like to identify white supremacy and the uh radicalization of these kids online i you know it it's it, to me, I don't see the same efforts mm-hmm. from law enforcement mm-hmm. from government, mm-hmm. and they're the real threat. Absolutely. They are the domestic terror threat. Mm-hmm. So what are what is our law enforcement supposed? See, it's only domestic. It's only terrorism when it's brown people. When it's white oh, yeah. people, it's an isolated incident, but. I you know to say that this country is going right and is not an understatement and it will to say that it will probably duplicate a lot of what America has seen I don't think is um is irrational in terms of that part of it
1: so um talking about like healing and stuff um with regards to the the mosque shooting you know, Amy, you mentioned that um, Premier Legault said that he wasn't going to have a day for the shooting. Um, so a Montreal area imam, Hassan Ghiye, um told a, a newspaper in Montreal that he was saddened but not surprised by Legault's assertion that there is no Islamophobia in the province. And, <laughs> um, and I think we're seeing...
0: Is he... Is he expect- I'm sorry, who's he talking to? Because I, 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 I'm like, oh, he must be talking to like people who don't know has n- have never seen a person of color in their life.
1: But the thing is, is that like Quebecers deeply believe that they are inclusive, and even that's because they think they're progressive.
0: Yes, and that. Well, they Ah,
2: think secularism is is inclusive. I right.
0: They think secularism is is inclusive and they think that because they hold progressive political values that that just washes away all guilt. And Mm. this is a very white thing, by the way. Like the left does this all the time where they're Mm. like, But we're progressive. How could we be racist? There's no way. Yeah. As those two things as though those two things are diametrically opposed, they are not
1: yeah and so um as amy also referred to the the ban on religious symbols for public sector workers that's now finally extended to um public school teachers Mm -hmm. so public school teachers cannot wear religious symbols but private school teachers can and there's a i think i think i saw that like around 50 or so percent of private schools in quebec are funded by the province Mm.
0: well what what makes them private <laughs> like if they're funded by the province how, how are they private i don't know that's just what i saw
2: well they that's might what the end, reporting shows yeah.
1: through through like grants or probably whatever i don't know okay i sure. think
2: that's that's true here and that's why that was a big a debate in ontario a few years ago as well but um there is some funding for private schools but it, it does make you wonder like if how, whether or not that will drive people towards a private, syth- like mu- like yeah. Muslim students and teachers to their private system, mm-hmm. that is, you know, segregated away from from a public system. Well, that's exactly like what they're doing, exposure, right? Exactly. Yeah, like, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's really messed up.
1: Quebec, we can help you <laughs> if you let us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's like an ongoing debate as to who's more racist, like Alberta, Ontario, or Quebec, and i was just like, mm, there's no, there's no crown here,
1: okay. is <laughs> like, this a competition we want to win? Yeah, it's not clear.
0: I mean, I like, I don't think I think they're different. I don't think that, but I really, really want people to separate this idea that your progressive politics precludes you from being a racist because it does not and it does not preclude you from being a you know um homophobic or engage in islamophobia or anything like that it does not it doesn't make you a better human being it does not period Mm -hmm. like you have to do extra work for that like extra all
1: right, moving on. So former Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz, a.k.a. Democrat Light, has decided that he's thinking about running for president in 2020 as an independent candidate because he says that running as a Democrat would force him to accept positions like Medicare for all mm-hmm. and higher taxes in a primary, even though that's literally the definition of a primary. Um. He has been going around saying that Medicare for all is un-American and that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her idea of a marginal tax rate of 70% on people who make over $10 million is misinformed. Um, and basically, he is saying that he is against many of the current popular Democrat, Democratic positions. And uh, hasn't really said for what he's for except getting rid of entitlements. Um, but the problem here is that a third-party candidate, as we saw in 2016, could very well split the Democratic vote and lead the pave the way for a, another Donald Trump term. So um, I think you're giving him way too much credit. Listen to split the vote. That's that's what statistically, historically it has shown. There are a lot of enough people Not
2: an even split, but shaving off yeah, numbers. Yeah, of all it, those people who were like Jill Stein voters. Yeah,
1: the Jill Stein voters, the um, other guy, Mormon guy, whatever who he was.
0: I just think that most a, a lot awesome. of. I don't know how many, how many so pe- places are, people, are in play at this way at this it's point. The Ob-
1: so th- this would in theory probably be the Obama Trump voters.
0: Okay. I don't, I don't know. Well,
2: Mike Bloomberg did the math. Mike Bloomberg, <laughs> also a
1: billionaire, did the math and was like, you know what? I like my country more than I like the idea of being president.
2: Which, you know, good for him. That's shocking. Well, that he has that level of uh, empathy. Yeah, especially after he's so
0: defended Stop and Frisk.
2: Well, sure, he's a trash human being, but for a billionaire to set their ego aside, even momentarily, really uh, warms the uh, cockles of Mike heart.
1: Bloomberg, a true patriot. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. So, Amy, what do we think about
1: Howard Schultz?
2: Oh my gosh, um, where to begin? I don't. I mean, it's it's just it's co- it's like it's comical. Um, I I read too that like people close to him say that he's for, been freaking out because he did not expect this backlash. Which we we know publicly, he said he feels that he's been bullied. Um, and oh,
0: he- poor <laughs> the baby <Twitter, laughs> The Twitter ratio <laughs> Oh, Then stop talking shit
2: Oh my gosh uh, Also, like, fuck you for, like, just taking, like, bullying Like, come on Also,
1: he's saying that, like, there's a silent majority That is, like, not being spoken to Yeah,
2: so publicly that's Sh- what he's saying But up. apparently people close to him say that he's, like, pretty distraught Because he did not anticipate this degree of backlash Good Which uh, just cracks me up Like, I just uh, love picturing him, like sulking around like you know his estate you know looking at his mentions just he's like why don't <laughs> they like me <laughs> like very, yeah. when i have a hard day i'll think of that and it will make me smile but uh Ooh. i mean it, it's it's just it's wild that someone um who I, I guess i just never really thought of him as being like that kind of like uh megalomania kind of a personality. Yeah. Like, cause he seems all. like a
1: good businessman.
2: It just seems. Yeah. I mean yeah, like shrewd, but some, like, it, they all are yeah. uh, when
1: you're a CEO of a multimillion I mean, dollar corporation,
2: you know, apparently stole the like Starbucks is just Seattle's best. Sure. Stolen and sure. And rebranded. And that's kind of, it's, so he steals it's, like, it's, like a white it's man. A smorny, <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. But, you know, they, they were, they were so boastful about, uh, giving, um, workers, uh, well, one, mm-hmm. the healthcare stuff, they're better at giving people full-time hours instead of just like, oh, part, having predominantly, they pay them workers. a living
1: wage, they pay
2: a living wage. And, uh, they, they, they made a big deal too they about extending stocks. surgery, like extending health coverage to yeah. include, um, like trans, uh like gender reassignment surgery and like in the last few years I and like so. I feel like they're like really capitalizing on a lot of like progressive things I know that bothers you but isn't that in- no, post him no 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 no,
1: no. it's it's, he, it's hearing he his lef- reign he only left last year oh okay yeah so I don't it doesn't bother me I just find it really very interesting that yeah. he was like you know putting forth all these progressive policies in his business yeah. but doesn't want to have those progressive policies for the country because, you know, having a higher tax rate means that he's not as wealthy.
2: Well, the whole the whole reason it's not just like he thinks it, like Alexander Ocasio-Cortez got it wrong. It's like specifically he felt threatened. Mm. It's like very self the whole thing self-interested. And it also makes me wonder, like, I think the whole star like Starbucks, I don't in the same way that I don't think any employer is a good employer because they, like, believe in the, you know, in their heart of hearts. It's because it's actually a good business practice to offer things and, like, draw people in and retain people for longer. Um, It costs you less overall. And it gets you, like, you know, that that good faith with the public. And people, you know, people will shop if they think that they at least feel good doing it. And it's kind of like... And they do shit like that all the time, like the the, let's talk about racism cups or the fact that they sell you bottled water that's called ethos. And you're like, but why are you selling bottled water at all? Why is it's 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 just a rebranded smart water, (laughs) that classic, like liberal, like feel good bullshit. But it's, it's just capitalism. So I don't know that any of his like policies as an employer were like necessarily like out of some like a. Progress. I think he thinks of himself as like A progressive and that's who these billionaires want To speak for they want to speak for Socially liberal People who are fiscally Mm -hmm. conservative And that's 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 who he is but frankly If he thinks that that's the country needs He should just run as a fucking democrat And see how he fares in the primary
1: exactly Yeah like that's the whole point of a Primary is to have a people on One quote one quote unquote One side of the spectrum Mm -hmm. to debate Ideas like that Mm -hmm. a primary is a debate Of ideas Mm -hmm. and the country or America will select the person mm-hmm. that they feel will best represent their views, mm-hmm. oh, and great. then they run for president.
2: And that's the way it works. Yeah, and if you no, can't but make it through a primary, you probably shouldn't. But be he doesn't like, actually
0: want to be vetted. That's no, the whole no, thing. He doesn't reined
2: in by a party apparatus.
0: But he also he also doesn't seem to be want to be vetted by you know, by Democrats in the primary process. And I'm wondering if that's more a cowardice on his part Mm. or if it's like... He He doesn't want to be rejected. He doesn't... Right. And I feel like all this whining, because he's really whiny. Oh, yeah. And I, I feel like all this whining is him being rejected and he feels some sort of way in his feelings because somebody rejected him. And I'm just like, you're just not ever going to be mature enough to Mm -hmm. be president Mm -hmm. so uh, you know what I think this guy's the flirtation you leave at the bar and go home alone that's what I'm saying (laughs) that's what Howard Schultz is to me I wouldn't even look twice I there you go
1: (laughs) there you go (laughs) and you're just like oh this ice cream has dairy in it (laughs) nothing Howard Schultz is dairy (laughs)
0: Listen, in Canada, the dairy lobby is very strong. Very strong. <laughs> oh, fuck them. Uh, <laughs> if they get offended. Oh, please.
2: <laughs> Do you think he'll actually well run? I don't think it's gonna. Stick
0: no, away. I think he's gonna. I think I it's to he's gonna put his tail between his yeah. legs. He's yeah. gonna go away, and he's gonna go away and make his money. This, guy, this he ain't about this life. Okay, mm-hmm. let's put it that way. Yeah,
1: like it's only gonna get worse. Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 he hasn't said he hasn't given any policy proposals except for <laughs> saying that he doesn't like any of the ones that people are already talking about. So also, he,
2: like, if you're coming forward to run as a candidate, maybe don't start about the thing that is like. As a billionaire candidate, that's like about taxing rich people. Yeah. You know, like he could have come in and been like, oh, here's a principal thing that I think a lot of people would relate. To. Yeah.
1: It's almost like, as though no he's tact. just coming in to like stroke his ego because he hasn't thought and considered thoughtfully about mm-hmm. policy issues. Mm-hmm. He's just like, well, I don't like that. I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like that. I really don't like that. But uh, I think you should vote for me.
0: Yeah, and I don't don't think he's used to like real talk in terms of his policies or whatever, or he or him himself. He's used to corporate sycophants. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, well, political sycophants aren't better. No, true. No,
2: but that is why people don't like part like people like him don't like partisan politics. And it's why like Donald Trump rolled into like the RNC with like his own people. Yeah. And like, why everyone is every Whoa. Republican is like livid about the like it, Republican Party as an institution.
1: Yeah, Howard Schultz did hire some like party people though. Oh
2: no, for sure, and those people hopefully will never work again.
1: He'll, he <laughs> needs some
2: serious <laughs> PR. And, like, a lot of questionable choices to like align yourself with Howard Schultz. It's just such a weird thing. But what this does expose is like how thirsty. Fucking like Wall Streeters, bi- like billionaires, and like corporate interests are to one get rid of Trump, but also to make sure that like their type of fiscal conservatism through the guise of the Democratic Party like makes its way in, and, and it- like that's you know everyone behind Gillibrand and others, people like like her, like there will there's gonna be a lot of money there's like behind some of these folks in the Democratic primary.
0: Uh yeah, I just don't think the country's there. I like I in other words, I don't think the Democratic Party is well, I shouldn't say that. I should say that the Democratic Party it has now become the big tent party. Um and so uh I found an interesting stats that talked about apparently a third of the electorate for 2020 is going to be like non-white, mm. a third, yeah, and it's only going to get bigger. And I found that very and Gen Z, who are people born in like two thousand or whatever, mm. around that time ninety nine two thousand, they're turning eighteen, yeah, and they are probably the most progressive generation yeah. too, and the most and the most diverse generation. Yeah. So good luck with that. But
1: also, like being against like a high tax rate for like the one percent, that polls at like 71 percent across a political spectrum. Like he didn't Including read the Republicans, polls. Republicans, independents, like Democrats, obviously are in favor of it. But yeah, Republicans and independents also vary into a high tax rate.
0: Yes. So my thing is, what research did you did before you opened your lips? I don't understand. Listen, Erica, there is. A group of
1: independent voters who feel like their voices are not being heard—they're the silent majority of America. And Howard Schultz is think for the I'm people. Of my
2: snorts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Crack me up. <laughs> oh oh yeah. Well. By the way, Pew Research is
1: the shit. Um, I will give Howard Schultz six more months. I say by September, he will be out and be like, I can't do this. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes. So Pew Research is the shit. Okay. I wish we had Pew Research in Canada (laughs) and StatsCan. Anyway, while democratic changes unfold slowly, these changes are happening to the 2020 electorate. Non-whites will account for a third of eligible voters, their largest share ever. One in 10 eligible voters will be members of Generation Z. Good luck with that, Republicans, is all I'm saying. Well,
2: just, Get them
0: out. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got to get... Well, yeah, they don't just it's, turn no, up. No, no, but it's yeah. like
2: the... Like, I mean... As we've talked about many
0: times, yeah, that, I know there are more yeah. factors. No, into, yeah, but I yeah. mean,
2: like the, the like the battle, like people. I, I don't think it's that Republicans are surprised by that. Republicans no. know that's that's that. Exactly that's exactly what's driving voter, them. That's what yeah, they use voter suppression. For. Exactly they knew what was coming, and so they are exactly who a, ends up voting. And that
0: border wall is that all reason. about the demographics. Mm. The border wall, abortion. They want white women to have babies. Like I'm not exaggerating here. Because um, babies of color are overtaking white babies, or th- I think they actually o- already have last year mm-hmm. in terms of births. We, like, everybody knows the demographics. So, you know, when we see the policies that we're seeing and they're like, they're crazy to push that. No, they're not. They're trying to, they're trying to keep America white and powerful, powerful in whiteness for generations, they're playing the long game. We're just trying to. I don't even know what we're fighting. Like,
2: well, survive. Basic. basic survival, survival <laughs> but, not
0: thriving. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I feel like even oh, we're on the
2: stack deck. Yeah,
0: it is a stack deck. Abortion's going to come up, or Roe versus Wade is going to come up fairly shortly. And look who's on the fucking Supreme Court right now? We're pinning our hopes on John Roberts. God help us all. Fuck.
1: Last week, Empire star Jesse Smollett was attacked leaving a sandwich shop in Chicago when he was attacked by two men who yelled racist and homophobic slurs at him, followed by a physical altercation, including them putting a noose around Jesse's neck. Some reports say that the men also yelled, quote, this is mega c- country during the attack. The Internet was full of support for Jesse, including from both Kevin Hart and Ellen DeGeneres. Funny that they should chime in. Um so basically this is I've this is one of the most egregious mm-hmm. hate crimes that I've seen mm-hmm. hit the the public sphere against a celebrity in quite some time and you know as we've seen over the past few years and as we've already spoken about attacks by white supremacists have increased including here in Canada um so are we surprised at all by this attack like how and how is this related to what we're seeing Um, in things like politics with the return of quote-unquote strongman leaders
2: yeah i mean i i don't know that it was um necessarily surprising um that a hate crime (laughs) like this would happen like the target of it for sure is surprising because you do expect that you know celebrities would be just you think that obviously that's not true right because for racialized folks like that doesn't stop when you're famous but like part of you thinks like oh, this is, like, that, you know, lovely, beautiful actor Mm -hmm. from Empire. Like, who would ever harm this wonderful man? And so in that sense, it was shocking, but also, like, it happened in Chicago, which seems like is, like, an more integrated city than most places like it's not happening in a in a space where there is um, where it is quote unquote mega country it it, you don't think of Chicago in that way Um, and I found that like very unsettling Mm -hmm. um, to imagine that people were like these these uh, like attackers were so emboldened that they had like you know the audacity to to commit a, a hate crime to that extent it where they did out in the fucking open and like you know, like the broad view, like of of, of Chicago, like that's shocking to yeah. me. Um, in that, like putting it in that, because podcast, there's a, there's gonna
1: be pe- passers by, there's gonna be cameras, like they're gonna get it's people will like, see it it's not somewhere. Like
2: someone, it's not like kids on a playground in a fu- in like you know middle America, which like that sounds disparaging, but like that's what you think of when you think of which, which you shouldn't, because obviously hate crimes happen in urban centers all the time. But like when you think about nooses and mega hats, that's just not where you picture that mm-hmm. being. And, 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 you know, I mean that the mega hat as a symbol of hate, um, you know, is now ne like nationwide worldwide symbol of, of hatred. Um, that's like a very sobering reality. And I, I anyone who denies that is a symbol of hate now, I think is just really like going out of their way to, to, um, you know, to claim this kind of ignorance?
0: Um, so, I think people, I know online a lot of people were saying, oh, I can't believe it happened in Chicago because Chicago is seen as a very democratic, progressive city. But it's the same thing that we talked about with the Moss shooting in terms of Quebec and because they're progressive politically they think that they don't have a race problem and this is just yeah. yet another example of that you have problems no matter what and the thing about it is is that um, I think that even probably Jesse Smollett would, would I am guess I'm, I don't want to put words in his mouth but the fact that it happened to him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think really brings home how unsafe we all are Mm -hmm, as people mm -hmm, of color mm -hmm. the fact it happened to a man Mm -hmm. is another way we are like we as women of color are even more sort of in this in this precarious safety position Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so
2: well i mean just that day there was a trans woman who was killed in an act of hate crime there you go same day of of uh jesse being um attacked and it just you know there are degrees of, of precarity, vulnerability, um, and uh, in ways people feel experience that kind of uh, and hatred. this
0: and this is like kind of like an intersectional hate crime too because mm-hmm. he's a he's a gay man, mm. and so um, it just goes to show that you know intersectionality is not just a word; mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. is an experience, and Jesse experienced and I like I, I don't know what they hated him for more being black or being gay but it doesn't matter because those two things do not exist in a vacuum and so or,
2: or being being both like in and of itself as right a, as a co-entwined yes identity. yeah
0: it's like an, yeah. A, a, a a sort of new identity that has hate attached to it period right mm-hmm. so I like um like, there's so many things to take away. There's just so many layers of this. Um, I'm not sure. And what do you do? Do you, if you're a racialized person, do you call the police? Yeah. So well, that's, he's a ce- I mean, he,
1: the good thing is that he's a, at least a celebrity. Yeah,
0: like, he's at least a celebrity.
2: Although that hasn't stopped people from being pulled over. No, fair. Else. Yeah.
0: But But especially in a city that shot Laquan McDonald mm-hmm. how many gazillion times mm-hmm. when he had he had no weapon on him. There was a videotape- Which they tried to bury.
2: And which they tried to thing.
0: bury, yeah. where the DA was so involved in the cover-up that they got tossed out because of Laquan McDonald, mm-hmm. and now there's a new sort of, uh, there's a new DA. But this is a city- that has had multiple issues with police brutality, and, mm-hmm. and and it's like a way of life. Just because Obama and Michelle were from there doesn't mean a damn thing. Yeah.
2: yeah. But it does lull, lull us into a false sense it of does. security. It does. Yeah. Which is, which is what I meant, but I totally agree with you. Um, I did just want to, um, yeah, reflect on the issue of intersectionality. I mean, we can talk to you about how the media, like, misrepresented the the uh, like the hate crime itself by referring to one as homophobic and then also then racially charged <laughs> instead of using the, what word the racist What the fuck
0: Okay so a noose <laughs> a noose around his it's neck like, is not simple, racially um, charged racism, okay
2: yeah. But um you know I mean the the issue of intersectionality um has come up and um someone tweeted uh yesterday and, and it was helpful to like revisit um, Kimberly Crenshaw's essay which where the term intersectionality is coined and and um, she the, someone on Twitter Samira Linton had had tweeted this um, just like here's a refresher and I was like oh this was like kind of nice to read and I feel like maybe a lot of folks haven't read the original essay and would be helpful but just like a small excerpt um, there is more to gain by collectively challenging the hierarchy than by each discriminatee individually seeking to protect their source of privilege within the hierarchy. Feminists thus ignore how their f- how own race functions to mitigate some aspects of sexism and moreover how it privileges them over and contributes to the domination of other women. If their efforts instead began with addressing the needs and problems of those who are the most disadvantaged and with restructuring and remaking the world where necessary, then others who are singularly disadvantaged would also benefit when they enter and we all enter. Um, So it's just, you know, just kind of like a reframe why we talk about these things and it's not pitting an identity against another and like how how these things work and they they're they're in for some people. They're intertwined. It's not like a checklist of identities that you have or don't have, and and you you know kind of pick and choose. Yeah, them. And because that's people conveniently like to speak of gayness as a isolated thing, and like you know mm-hmm. being black as being its own sort of separate thing. Like I yep. for for a lot of folks, there's there's many dimensions, and they you know and when if you want to actually address homophobia, you have to address homophobia against You know black like anti-black Homophobia um, and look At the folks who are most And disproportionately affected by Homophobic acts based On other identities and other Intersectional experiences and in Doing so you will thus also liberate Yourself from the the other Sense of homophobic acts So Uh,
0: two Points to make number one Kimberly Crenshaw has a new podcast What it's called Intersectionality Matters by the African-American Policy Forum. It has two, so one episode and one, like, little, you know, clip, special clip. Um, I have already signed up for it. Cool, well,
2: I'm doing it right yeah, now.
0: Yeah, I, I can tell. <laughs> so I, I know we don't shout out many podcasts on this podcast, <laughs> but that is one that i think we all could learn from i'm going to st- i'm going to reread that essay um but also it's funny i got into this conversation once about we were talking about how come like how come a lot when it comes to race and and religion and all these things a lot of white people like can't walk and chew gum at the same time like they cannot like fathom that oh you're one thing and another thing, and that could be a whole experience on its own. <laughs> and we're talking about the way our society functions and the way we 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 identify things is through this level of taxonomy that's very linear. So, for example, um, and it's linear as to support the as su- to support process, right? So the dynamic sort of way of thinking that you need to have or that you experience because you're more than one thing and navigating those experiences adds a sort of extra intelligence around dynamic thinking because of that experience. It was a really interesting conversation. I'm sure the people who I had it with will listen to it and they'll be like, Actually, what we said is this. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hate when that happens. <laughs> but it's the idea that um, the British way of record keeping, I guess you would say, um, is very linear. And so it does not give way to uh, having many intersections or dyna- dyna- dynamism in the way of identifying things and working with them and so on and so forth. And because we embody like, like different identities that we've had to navigate, we just automatically have had to form that kind of dynamic sort of nuanced way of doing things and thinking. That's the idea.
1: So going back to uh, this attack on Jesse. Um, oh,
0: right. We were talking about that. <laughs>
1: Uh, in the wake of the attack, Kevin Hart posted on social media that he was sending his prayers to Jesse and that the whole situation was disgusting.
0: Well, he wasn't. Kevin en- Hart is fucking disgusting. Sorry.
1: Well, he wasn't <laughs> entirely ratioed for this tweet. Um, he did receive a lot of criticism for it, particularly from uh, Ira Madison, the third. I was just going to say uh, Ira because one of the homophobic quote unquote jokes that lost him the Oscars hosting job uh, was how he would beat his son if he found out that he was gay. And so at the time that launched a huge conversation about homophobia in the black community and how black gays are treated by their by other black people. Mm-hmm. And so Kevin Hart um, said that he had apologized for those jokes uh, that he made in the past and that his own perspectives on the subject had evolved. And he reiterated these this these statements uh when he was criticized last week um so the the tweet basically was like oh prayers blah 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 and ira madison said oh this is your funny joke and Kevin Hart was like, well, I stand with this man in this his time of hurt and need by giving him heartfelt support. And you take the time to harp on my 10-year-old past that I've apologized about and moved on from by being a better person. Do you want change? If so, I am an example of what you want people to do. Change. And Ira go- retorts back. I harp because my community of black queer people face violence 365 days in America. Mm. And when we tried to tell you that we weren't trolling you, but wanted you to educate, wanted to educate you about how your jokes lead to actions like what happened to jesse you went on ellen to talk about your wheelchair movie
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love ira i love ira (laughs) i love him on keep it and i love him on twitter his best performance is on twitter yeah so um so do
1: we think kevin Hart is actually apologetic at all and no
2: he's been defensive from the beginning
0: and
1: why is it so hard for people like so he keeps saying it so why is it so hard for people to believe that he's actually changed
2: yeah, I mean, he, he, his apology, his non-apology apology. Um, I mean, he says he's apologized in the past. It's not clear to whom and where. Um, and then when he got called out on uh, like around hosting the Oscars and made his video and went on Ellen, all of it none of it was um remotely remorseful. Um and it was like, I've apologized already. Why are why why are you asking me to apologize again? Haven't I apologized enough? And like you know, even if you had already apologized, it it shows that you don't understand the weight of your actions. And so when you're literally advocating for violence against a, you know, um, marginalized group, a group uh, that has experienced historic and and present and continuous, like like hate um, and, you know, marginalization in like every sense, and you're pretending like it, it like you know, it, it's an oh, it, the uh, burden for you to have to talk about it again is just so onerous that you couldn't possibly be bothered and it. That it's a chore, mm-hmm. like a really like you know, m- shows that he doesn't under- appreciate that like the significance of what his yeah. words meant then, you and just, what it, what it, the community needs to hear in order to like heal from comments as hateful as the ones that he said.
1: Yeah, and like. He can say that they were jokes, but they weren't jokes. They were no. just like no, Oh, he- you're gay. Oh, yeah. uh uh but oh. I
2: mean, they weren't even oh, no funny. No, they uh, weren't funny. No they but like funny. yeah, he but, he like, very much he <laughs>
1: very much made it about himself and was like, I already did this and like you're inconveniencing me. Yeah. How Dare you? And
2: no acknowledgement of the platform he has, like one the platform that allowed him to disseminate hateful views for a very long time. Uh, whether he was the product of a culture or not, like he used a very big platform to perpetuate those hateful views, and now he has an even bigger platform because he's become a bigger celebrity. And instead of saying like I'm going to take up the mantle and like this cause and like rewrite the wrongs that I committed and use the pla- the platform I have now to do better he instead uses the platform to self-promote his film to talk about you know himself and how he has changed but not really to talk about um you know the 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 issues facing the lgbtq plus community or um you know the impacts and the or at least you know reconciling with people who may have been like directly harmed by his comments
0: I think that um, when people cry, when you go on Ellen and cry about the haters, I, I'm done with you. This is the whole thing. I feel I don't feel like call out culture. Okay, I'm gonna say this: people are like call out cultures run amok. Mm, we, the the people who have been called out have been mostly shitty people with shitty ass apologies, mm-hmm. who are like who are like oh. Well, um, I'm sorry. I, me, 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 mm. and like, like, I feel like what people complain about with some so called apologies are valid. Like, it, it, you don't center yourself in an apology.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You don't, you don't blame other people. It's like literally taking responsibility. Okay. But since we have a culture with no accountability and I think that's the problem, everybody's allowed to be an asshole. And I'm just like, no, you can't just go around being an asshole.
2: It was a real missed opportunity. Just even the tweet exchange with Ira, he gave him an opportunity really to say, I, I recognize what I had said had contributed to a culture that allowed for this to happen and then to to apologize yet again and again he chooses not to apologize and center it on himself like how many more times does he have to do that and what's this and and this and this initial
0: apology that nobody can find nobody can find but they can find norwalks like like medical school um picture in from like 1980 whatever Yeah. yeah but nobody can find Kevin Hart's apology. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Mhm.
1: Yes. Okay. So Ellen was also And fuck Ellen too oh, coming well, to yeah. think of it. So Ellen received criticism too because she allowed Kevin Hart to have a platform for mm-hmm. him to, you know, reiterate his that he was had apologized in the past and was done apologizing. And, and she then- basically said well, I agree. You should host the Oscars. God dang it.
2: And then she said she forgave him on behalf of the community. I don't know. Again, to speak to intersectionality, no one gives a fuck about your white gay community, Ellen. This is not what we're about. This is not about... about. The, this, if it was... You know what? If... Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. If... It's for...
2: If... If... if it's for black gay if folks. If Kevin Hart... To if it was him.
1: like, I don't know, a white comedian making a gay joke then you know what ellen can maybe forgive them but like there's so much more complications when it's people of color Mm -hmm. that ellen like doesn't understand um so ellen tweets out four years ago jesse smollett came out on my show i'm sending him and his family so much love today
0: fuck you ellen
1: and uh so buzzfeed news uh saeed jones Quote tweeted her. Ah,
0: uh, am to DM Saeed. Yeah, yeah.
1: He said, and less than four weeks ago, you sat across from Kevin Hart and said, "Don't let those people win," but those people, whom he described as haters, were were queer Black people hoping that you'd take the relationship between language and violence more seriously. And she just doesn't get it.
0: She doesn't want to get it. She thinks she gets it, though.
2: She no. Th- she sent her again. One in the in having Kevin on her show, she like made it about her forgiving him. Mm-hmm. Um, we were we've been friends for years, Kevin. I've know I've known you for so long. This is so all Raj. That's where you <laughs> were sorry. going. That's where you were going. But it's like people who you know, like in in Ellen's case, it's like we you are you are not a, like. You are a comedian. This is their first identity. You are a rich comedian like me, and that's how I'm going to see you. And we are part of a club that we have mm-hmm. to protect, where we're allowed to say whatever the fuck we want. That's like who her loyalty is to, first and foremost, centered around her. And then this happens, and it's, oh, my show. My stage is the platform that gave Jesse small the opportunity to come out. And I'm part of his story. Like, what the fuck does any of this have to do with you? And again, another missed opportunity to talk to, you know, to speak out against. And a lot of her viewers, by the way, are kind of in mega country. Yeah. Like she she has a platform to talk to people whose sons committed that hate crime. Mm -hmm. Probably. I don't think, like, I think they're, all, like, she is, she, she talks she to a lot of a line. middle class yeah.
1: white people.
2: Yeah. Well so, Like, and from, yeah, totally, from all parts of the country, she is, like, very well liked. People can act like, you know, she, I mean, like, there was probably, of course, there was a time where she, like, there was backlash to Ellen and all of that, but she is, like, on a, she's in a league of her own in mm-hmm. terms of, like, celebrity, like, People like the world over who otherwise wouldn't watch a lesbian comedian do a talk show like love Ellen. Because she's
1: got a pretty wife. (laughs) They're white. They have horses. They're like, they're
0: like white, white, like blonde, like Aryan white. And
2: her and her persona is very like G rated, acceptable. Yeah.
0: Fucking Dory. She's wholesome. Dory. (laughs) She is totally. Her show is very wholesome. Yeah. And, you know, Ellen but She is the
2: ear of these people. She yeah. she could use she could instead of talking about how he came out on her show, which is a nothing statement. That's literally the end of that tweet. If you think she said anything more, you're like you're behind. But that's like literally all she said on it. So instead of being like, you know, homophobia's fucked up, racism's fucked up, this is a vile act, um, you know, like a mega hat is a symbol of like discrimination or like the president has like whatever, like all of these opinions that a lot of people seem to be vocalizing, but Ellen has to keep her distance to keep her viewers instead of actually using her pl- platform to help the community that she's apologizing on behalf of or like taking apologies on behalf of it's, it's wild. I have no time for Ellen DeGeneres.
0: Yeah. I'm finding her hella disappointing. I got to say, because She is, she is exactly, she's like concerned with other famous people like herself. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's part of it too. Like there's a class issue here. Because it's like, oh, when he was on her show, because I heard that clip, because I don't actually watch Ellen's show because I actually... I have an unpopular opinion of her show i think it's me agree it's, it's pablum at best
2: okay like the fuck is any millennial like sitting up to watch like El- like any daytime talk show? fair enough <laughs> fair enough <laughs>
0: why would i when i have if
2: netflix I yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly Ellen, i would be shocked
0: exactly and i and 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 her 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 viewership probably skews older, too. A thousand
2: percent, yeah.
0: And so you're right. Like, she could do, like, the M thing and actually talk to these people. Like, I got to give it to him. He talked to his people about Donald Trump. He's like, y'all are tripping. He sure, did do that. He I did do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'll give him his. I, I, have, I have varying... Degrees know, of I, ebbs of and flows, ebbs so of, flows of Eminem, him. yeah. And he
2: he's the evergreen misogynist of the week,
0: yeah, time. yeah, <laughs> for sure. But you know, you know, if you if you tilt your head, if you cock your head right and close one eye, he does something, mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> you know. I mean, shockingly, has done more than Ellen.
0: Well, it just goes to We're show, ooh. Ooh, <laughs> great Eminem. <At> us. <laughs>
1: All right. Stay tuned for Rant and Receipts. And now we're on to Rant and Receipts. And this is where we bring a topic to uh, rant about.
2: Oh, boy. All right. Are you out of practice? Uh, no. I mean, look, this one just speaks for itself. I'm just (laughs) going to read the dumb thing that this rich white lady said verbatim, and you're all going (laughs) to laugh and rant. Um... (laughs) Okay, so CBC president Catherine Tate on Thursday made some pretty wild ass comments at the Canadian Media Producers Association conference or panel that she spoke at, um, and uh, she essentially said that Netflix's rise across the globe is beginning of a new empire. Um, specifically, she said, "So I'm just gonna I'm going to just go off." Uh, Script a little bit Because I was thinking About the British Empire And how if you were there And you were like The viceroy of India You would feel that You were only doing good For the people of India If you were in French Africa You would think I'm educating them I'm bringing their resources To the world And helping them And she admitted That Netflix's rise Has contributed uh, to today Being probably Quote unquote The most exciting time For screened entertainment so for this, we are all very grateful to Netflix. But fast forward to what happens after imperialism and the damage that can do to local communities. So all I would say is, let us be mindful of how it is how it is we as Canadians respond to global companies coming into our country. I, I don't even know what to do
0: with that. Erin and I are looking at each other like,
2: so, like, I saw this on Twitter, like, like just like the brief excerpt of, like, her comparing it to the British Empire, and I was like, I don't need to read more. But then they <laughs> did, and honestly, it was so bad and so satisfying. Wasn't it, that? It, it's a real thrill to read it, that.
1: It, wow. I mean... So, I was
2: just thinking about the British Empire. you <laughs> like, what good
1: the fuck? Good for her.
2: Literally killed millions and millions of people... Stole. She's comparing
0: Netflix
2: properties and history and to like, white supremacy. Yeah, genocided people in North America, uh, other Netflix, of the world. Like, just the colonialism. the caste of tech. On so, it, like, so what does even, that make like, Canada?
0: What? Slaves? Get
2: the fuck out of here! Canada Seriously, is the Indian person. Oh
0: my god! Oh my god! Trying to like,
2: cobble back together their culture after the empire withdraws. The sun doesn't, the sun never sets on the Netflix She sounds Empire. like Peter. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry.
0: You know what? Okay, as an aside, so <laughs> there's a Guyanese retort to that. Uh, so the sun never sets on the British Empire, and the joke is, yeah, because not even God could trust the British in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God,
2: that's so good. Oh, I've never heard that before. That's amazing. Listen to West Indians, except for,
0: except for Barbadians. They're they not, well, we're not sure. Anyway. Don't <laughs> let,
1: don't, don't Rihanna's going to come for you.
0: Well, you know, I ain't wrong. Okay, because everybody says so. They're the British of the Caribbean. Not in a good way. Is there a good way of being British? I'm not sure. Is there, is there a good way?
2: Just the 21 Savage uh, way.
0: <laughs> uh. Yeah. They do have BBC One Extra, though. I will give them that. <laughs> I can't. This is were devolving. These, <laughs> does it seem
1: like these remarks were prepared? Or did she just go oh, off? No, he
2: specifically said, so I'm just going to go off script. And everyone on the panel apparently was like, Shaking their heads and being like, No, like do not keep going. Oh Oh my god. And they asked like Netflix to comment but they wouldn't. And the whole thing is like fucking weird. Like C B C just like take a beat, okay? You're D- you're doing you're, like you're doing fine. You don't need to be Netflix. We're watching Schitt's Creek. What more do you want from us? Like we're watching well, one show religiously. Is, no, I'm watching three shows. Okay, I watch this, Kim's Convenience. Oh, Kim's Convenience. Okay, yeah, I I watch that's Baroness, the other. fun sketch. They're all very good. Ooh. Keep doing what you're doing and put your head down. The thing is, is that <laughs> you
0: sit down Netflix, and eat your food.
2: <laughs> to distribute their shows. Yes, yeah. Netflix
1: is giving life to both Kim's yeah. Convenience and Schitt's Creek. Yeah, so basically, those shows. Like, yes. Yeah. Um, so how
0: does she not know that about her own fucking so like media? They are empire? giving
1: them life yeah. in America, which oh, otherwise I mean, other wouldn't con- ha- like the absolutely yeah, yeah, that yeah. wouldn't have happened yeah. otherwise. Yeah.
0: So what's she complaining about?
2: I I don't know. I don't I know what def- she's def- complaining I would, about. I would, I would like be tearing up contracts right now. I'd be, like, I'd, be, I'd, be, be I'd be
0: I'd co- be I'd be like, <laughs> you better put her on speaker, yeah, okay? Get, get the <laughs> like, head of the CTV. Yeah. Yeah, because to be honest,
2: wildly incompetent for whatever job she's doing as president of the CBC. Look, I love the CBC. I believe in a public broadcaster. Same. But like this woman is complete and utter trash. That's it. That's my rant.
0: (laughs) It's a good rant. It's a very good rant because I didn't even see that. I didn't see that.
2: It's been a mess of a week.
0: Wow. Yeah. It has. Been like, it's been. It's but been. But that was a, a
2: good laugh, you know. We needed that with yeah. the, you know, Abdi trial coming up, Bruce MacArthur, you know, oh. all, all sorts of weird ass tragic shit this mm. week. Mm. Thanks, Catherine Tate, for a good <laughs> belly laugh, you know. All right. So this week, Funks News host
1: Ainsley Earhart asked, or was speaking on her show with Tobias Laren, uh, Tommy Laren. Um and basic and so Ainsley Earhart said, quote, Don't you think Democrats are trying to find their way, trying to find their footing?" And then Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, Cortez is very successful. She's the darling of the Democratic Party, and she is so far left and has these socialist ideas. And then the Democrats are saying, "Oh well, that worked for her. Maybe that's our ticket." Bingo. Um. To which Tobias Laren said, "Well." There's a difference between being successful on Twitter and social media like Ocasio-Cortez and being relatable on social media platforms. I love that voice. And <laughs> actually being successful in real life. Um, Listen, bitch.
0: <laughs> the voice was just so... <laughs> it was just so dismissive.
1: <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has like a major glow up. She was a bartender in Queens and she is now the youngest representative ever elected to Congress. So um, I feel like, you know, maybe her social media presence helped propel her and reach a larger audience and possibly get more funding from people outside of her district and create a larger name for herself. But uh, I'm pretty sure it was her ideas and her hard work and tenacity that um, propelled her to win the, you know it was a it was a challenge mm-hmm. in her district mm-hmm. it was a primary challenge it's not like they just like picked her out of a pile and were like oh you can do it yeah. she won a primary challenge and the general election yeah um so i don't know that seems pretty successful to
0: me
2: really does sound like her online and persona d- is translating IRL <laughs> She's know.
0: just doing it right. Why is why is everybody me? Look, she's just doing it right. When you all were pissing around with your with your your social media pictures. Look where I was here. Look at that. Oh look with your bullshit social media, okay? She was getting real and you all didn't like it and she didn't just pick off some nobody by the way. No. This guy was powerful mm-hmm. in the party. Mm-hmm. So That, it's not like she just stumbled onto this. I mean, as usual, they want to take a woman of color's credentials and credit away from her.
1: Well, yeah. And then we've got Tabitha Lonesome, who's, like, posting on her Twitter or her Instagram with, like, her and her guns or whatever. And, like, oh, cool. You're just, like, bad at social media, even though, like, your first job was, like, on a website. Like, a YouTube channel. So, like... You were basically the same thing, but you weren't, didn't skyrocket a popularity in the same way, and you use a different platform, and therefore she's the bad person.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Huh. Sounds like a double standard to me. It's really
2: funny for her, of all people, to disparage tweeting as like a vehicle for spreading ideas. (laughs) Like,
0: she sounds like, oh, social media? Whatever. And you're just like, have you not been paying attention to the last, like, 10 years? That's where we are, motherfucker. That's exactly where we are. Okay. So somebody uses a media... They build their own media platform, by the way, probably from scratch. And now they've built it into a platform with clout. Okay.
1: Like, I also want to point out the fact that, like, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez... AOC, like I think we just need to start calling
0: her AOC. We just call her AOC at Um, this point. Yeah,
1: she's twenty nine. Okay, so she's full on millennial. Yeah, Tabitha Lonesome here is twenty six. I'm sorry, a twenty six year old is telling a twenty nine year old. I'm sorry, you're too good at social the social media. (laughs) I'm sorry, Grandma. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like being on Fox News has really aged her.
2: Well, it just shows you she's like. It's really so all those old ideas.
0: <laughs>
2: Can we rename our podcast? The AOC love fest. I feel like every week... I, yeah
0: every week we're doing this, and I feel no. Well, we 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 do we do love. Is it Rashida? Yeah, yeah, Rashida, and And Omar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I am personally invested in Iana Presley, mm-hmm. and so yeah. We just love them all. We're just like, oh, oh, oh my God. Yeah. And I I feel like I'm like, this isn't we're not reporting like a CBC. Like, we're not having an investigative sort of thing. We're just.
2: I'm not complaining.
0: Yeah, I'm not complaining either. Oh, what did I do? It's your turn. Is it my turn? Oh, I found something to be pissed off about this week. (laughs) Just one thing? (laughs) Yeah, really. Um bell let's talk campaign oh fuck okay
2: let's not talk though <laughs> yeah.
0: so every year bell does this let's talk campaign um it's their mental health awareness campaign that they do annually as i said um but lately it's really felt out of touch especially when they so basically it's called it's bell let's talk hashtag bell let's talk and I think every every tweet they get or every impression they get or no every piece of engagement they donate um, a fraction of a penny to some organization a mental health organization great good for them okay fine but this is tone deaf as fuck especially in today's world And in today's world, when we're talking about, you know, raising the marginal tax rate, we're talking about actual um, Medicare for all in the States, (laughs) um, universal health care, sorry. We we in Canada are talking about a universal daycare. We're talking about bullying. We're talking about Me Too, harassment, all these things at work. Perhaps Bell should take a step back and wonder if they're contributing to mental health issues and that maybe people would people would have a reduced i don't know anxiety etc depression etc if they had well paying meaningful jobs with dignity and benefits which bell doesn't like to do second of all maybe if our workplaces were less about harassment and and like just egregious shit that goes on. Maybe we'd have better mental health too. Maybe if we had better access to healthcare and better healthcare benefits, maybe we'd have maybe we could reduce the mental health stigma that way. I'm just saying that there are countless number of ways that today's world and economics. And um, could contribute to mental health issues. Second of all, why is their campaign always fucking white? Why? nobody? So what? Oh, this is only a white people issue? How about this? How about this, Belle? How about you promote finding therapists of color? How about that?
1: Yeah, um, a friend of mine. She was finding a, a therapist, and she it took her a long time to find someone who was of color, not in Ottawa, um, but someone who was of color and who could like relate to her experiences and the work she was doing. She was working with like indigenous groups, right? And so, someone who, she wanted to find someone who would just really like understand what she was dealing with. Yes,
0: and that's so important. So, I mean. I give Bell a big fucking fail. I do so every year. There, I remember the first year I'm like, "Oh, this is cool," and then the second year I'm like, "This is bullshit," you know. So I feel like I th- we have these conversations that are so shallow, and they 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 just fit into a, a biteable or or digestible format that is pablum that is like. It's like oatmeal, basically. And it's it's anything that isn't difficult. And the way we talk about issues is just... It has no depth whatsoever. Mm-hmm. We don't look at the the inputs as to why maybe people are having more mental health issues now. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is that people aren't having more mental issues. Maybe we're just we're just diagnosing it more now. I don't know. I'm pretty sure, though, that there's more mental health issues because life is fucked up. And mm-hmm. Belle is one of the main contributors to life being fucked up. And any place, any workplace that talks about mental health, but doesn't want to clean up his own environment is so full of shit. Mm-hmm. It's just so full of fucking shit. And that's my problem. That and Bell is like, it's racist by omission with this campaign. Mm-hmm. That's my point.
1: Yeah, no, I think that I don't participate in Bell Let's Talk because I... Know people who work for companies owned by them and that their workplaces are just toxic.
0: It is toxic. It is awful. The work is precarious. Mm. They overwork you and underpay you. No benefits. Like, get the fuck out of here. Don't you think that would cause some mental health issues, some anxiety, some depression? Hello?
1: Yeah, and so, like, it's just, it, like, I understand that, like, it gives people, a, like, the, the day gives people a platform to share their stories about their own mental health and I how they get work that. through that. hmm but yeah, it's so centered around the company and the company getting accolades for it, despite the fact that they're they're not taking care of their own shit.
2: It's a day of free advertising for Bell. That's yeah, that's all it is. And whoever came up with that scam was like pretty fucking genius. Yeah, and like I mean, pat on the back, enjoy hell, but like yeah, it's it, there's no way to see it as anything but that. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's just there's so many things like. Uh, you know, Bell um, Debt
0: is another one. Out,
2: but no, Bell operates the uh, the phones in the. Um correction centers like uh, the jails oh yes yes and uh, they charge exorbitantly high fees for outgoing calls for by made by inmates and it's like prohibitively costly to actually like make calls to people in jails it's not like the cost of a phone call like they make money off people and like hand like hand over fist in jail that it actually degrades people's mental health because they can't afford to make phone calls when they're in prison um so fuck you bill yeah. Fuck you, Belle. That's another thing to add to the list. Yeah.
1: Well, that does it for this week. Um, follow us on social media, on Twitter, at Bad and Bitchy. Instagram, Bad and Bitchy Pod. Facebook, slash Bad and B Podcast. And email us, at gmail.com Bye!
0: Hey! Bye! <laughs>